Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking growth mindset. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 104 of the Eat Right Nutrition podcast. Today, we are going to talk about developing a growth mindset, why it's important and how to do it. We're going to talk about finding your deeper why. We're going to talk about being ready to change. We're going to talk about imposter syndrome. And we're also going to talk about leaning into discomfort and why it's important amongst many other things that we're going to tackle today. And I think that this is a very important conversation. These are things that Nicole and I have kind of realized along our journey and some of the things that we've been doing as we change and evolve and grow this podcast and grow our social media and grow our client base and our business. And we want to have this really important conversation with you about what it means to have a growth mindset. So, Nicole, I think I want to start off by talking about readiness to change. Yeah. And understanding your level of readiness to change and what could potentially be holding you back if you're not ready. Okay. Let's get into the deeper why. Let's start there. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that means? Okay. So the deeper why basically is the thing that is going to truly and authentically motivate you to make change. It can't be, we've talked about this before, the surface stuff, the 20 pound weight loss or getting your steps in per day, or I consider those things, even just working out, I do consider a lot of that very surface-based wise, looking good naked to me as a surface why. And a lot of clients come to us with those whys and digging deeper as to find out what is linked to the reason behind that particular goal, because the surface whys are easy to pull away from when times get tough or when you're feeling tired or run down or you don't want to do it or you're not motivated. The deeper whys are the things that truly and authentically move you from like your gut up to make change. And it's kind of comes from maybe a more painful or uncomfortable place versus the surface stuff doesn't hurt as much or doesn't feel as awkward or uncomfortable. So it's easy to just go, well, I don't need to get my steps in today because I don't know, a kid is sick or something comes up in life. But the deeper whys are things that you can't really run away from. You have to stop and really face them head on. And that links into like the readiness to change because a lot of people really aren't ready to face those things, those deeper whys, which makes the readiness to change a little bit harder to take on. Can we have some examples of what a deeper why would look like? I mean, I think health is a big deeper why. I have experienced, even myself personally, times where maybe I wasn't as healthy. And that definitely started to motivate me to make changes instead of thinking, you know, I have to get my workouts in and I want to look good and fit and healthy because I'm a trainer. I actually wanted to look good and fit and be healthy because I wanted to be healthy heading into my fifties. And that becomes a very different type of response because if you go to the doctors and my blood work isn't perfect, well, okay, now I'm definitely starting to look at things differently. And the priority of putting myself first becomes a very different 
response than going to the gym and just getting stronger. While that will help along the way, obviously that's the reason why we do it, but I definitely make cha- have made changes just through life in general when I wasn't healthy. And I mean, I could talk about dance years when I was dancing and you know, I was eating nothing but candy and sugar and soda and I had high cholesterol and I was unhealthy. Things started to change when my dance career was on the line. I want to I want to kind of stay on that for a little bit, because I think for you and I, I think the health piece is important enough for that to be a deeper why. But I have experienced that. Mm -hmm. And I'll use uh, I don't want to pick on a a population here, but I'll use people with type two diabetes as Mm -hmm. a as an example here, because to me, that's always been one of the toughest populations to tackle. And the health piece for some people, it's it's not enough. Yeah. Right. It's you have to find something deeper. Right. So sometimes we try and find like, do you have like some inner child stuff that maybe you're insecure about Mm -hmm. that needs work? And if you work on the self-improvement and growing, then you'll be able to as you grow and progress through life and your journey and your fitness and whatever it is that you want to really progress and grow in. And I guess I kind of almost want to tackle this from a uh, not just a fitness perspective, but also just an overall perspective, because I think that makes it more of a powerful conversation. But, you know, sometimes you have to deal with stuff from your childhood and bring that stuff up, that very difficult stuff Mm -hmm. as to why you are the way you are, why you are who you are and And how you think and how how the way you think Mm -hmm. and how you're going to become the person that you want to be. And how you're going to be able to really change your mindset. That's what we're talking about here, yeah. right? If we're talking about how you think, um, because how you think is how you operate, right? Yeah. And what you believe mm-hmm. is is essentially going to be your reality. Yeah. And- well, you talk about it from, uh, you talk about health, someone who has diabetes, who has a parent who has diabetes, who had a grandparent that had diabetes, that had a, a great grandparent that if it's in the family, the mindset is, well, I guess this is just the way I'm supposed to be because everybody in my family has it. So I'm supposed to, too. And so that when you talk about it from a health standpoint, they don't believe that they can change because no one in their family that has had it has been able to change. Right. So the mindset just gets. But here's the thing. The growth mindset of an individual would be, well, how do I flip the script? Exactly. How do I branch off from the norm? of what I've always experienced. And Mm -hmm. this is one of those things where I really want to say that a lot of the limitations that we put on ourselves aren't necessarily our fault. It's kind of like that. uh, If anybody listening to this has ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that concept of those are things that you're taught from when you're a child. And it's very hard to look beyond that and past that. And we oftentimes think that we're not capable. And the people that are succeeding beyond us is it's because they're, they, they have something, something special, yep. right, that we don't have. And the reality mm-hmm. is, is that that special thing that they have is their mindset. It's mm-hmm. all in their mind. And if you can shift that, then you can change your life. Yep, exactly. So the deeper why comes from that mindset shift, too, is And I think this is where the coaching aspect is really powerful is getting someone to realize that they don't have to just accept that this is how they're supposed to be from a health standpoint and that they can make these changes and then linking them to someone that has accomplished that same goal or change this community piece to things like finding someone that 
also had family members that had diabetes that overcame their diabetes. And then they see that that person can do it. And then they become inspired and motivated to think, oh my gosh, I might be able to do that too. And then that's the deeper why to move them forward into making habit changes and setting boundaries and setting priorities for whatever goals they're trying to achieve. The things that are painful that we don't want to face in terms of roadblocks in our mindset are the things that literally you want to like run towards. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's definitely the thing that you well, want to challenge let's, yourself. Let's get into that. Uh, the two, two of the things that you mentioned. First and foremost, I want to talk about what you mentioned in terms of finding somebody else that has done it and accomplished it. Because mm -hmm. if you are a consistent listener of this podcast, one of the things that you find as a reoccurring theme that we always talk about is who is in your circle. There's that saying, and I know it's going to sound kind of cliche, but there's that saying that you are the company you keep or you are the sum of the five people that you hang around the most. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely true. I see it in myself. I see it in my peers, right? If you are hanging out with people that are eating like trash, not mm -hmm. exercising, right? I look at it. I see this in people's work environments, for example, if, you, if yeah. they're in, because that's where you spend the majority of your time. Yeah. If you're in a work environment where, uh, pe where people are lazy and people aren't really moving and they eat like shit in the workplace, then you're going to be just like those people, right? And this is where I get into where corporate wellness, I really think is a, is a really big deal for yeah. companies to start to work with people. And I know a lot of big companies do this now. They, they have yoga instructors that come in. Mm -hmm. They have group fitness instructors that come in. Eat Right Nutrition. We've done some big stuff with uh, corporations, which I'm going to just give a plug here. If anybody works for a company and would like Eat Right to come in and, uh, <laughs> and do some corporate wellness, that is something that we do. Uh, we've done a ton of post-pandemic virtual mm -hmm. seminars or webinars. So uh, just just got to plug that in. Now back to the show. But the, <laughs> the, the friends, back to the people that you surround, your, your coworkers, your colleagues, mm -hmm. your friends, even your family members. If you have family members that you feel are bringing you down, I'm not saying dump your family members because I do value the importance of family. In some cases, I do think that some people have families that unfortunately that it's not an optimal are, relationship. Are, aren't, aren't, yeah, aren't really great for them. And, and for those people, they may have to make some really hard decisions. But in general, if you've got family members or you've got friends that are bringing you down and don't believe in you, or they're doing things that really don't align with your goals and your visions for yourself, mm -hmm. you really have to jump out of that circle and you have to seek like-minded people that are either on the same wavelength of you and really get you or that are already ahead of you and they're willing to reach their hand out and say, mm -hmm. hey, hey, like, just come with me and I will help you achieve what you need to achieve because I'm yeah. a good person. I'm a good friend. And, and I've been there and I know what you're going through. Yeah. Or they're whatever level they're on. They just are honest enough to call you out on your bullshit. I mean, I can't have people in my life that don't come right out and say what they mean. Like, I can't stand like the circle talk and the kind of sort of like, just tell me what's going on. I don't like to hear it. It's hard. But after the conversation, it really makes you think, wow, this person must really care about me to be able to say, this is what you need to do to become better. And I have a really one story that or one person that I've had in my life who's an incredible friend. 
he had said to me when I was going through some really difficult times, you know, he said, I've, I've been listening to you talk like he was always the person like to listen and, and let me kind of bitch a little bit. <laughs> and he'd give me like two minutes to kind of let loose. And then he'd be like, OK, you're done. Finally, after maybe a month, he was like, I can't listen to this anymore. Here's the deal. This is this is the situation in, you're in. This is what you need to do to get out. Or these are my thoughts on it. And I can't let you keep selling yourself short. You need to put your big girl panties on. Let's go. You're stronger than this. And you need to get your shit together and start getting it done. And I remember hanging up the phone and like and being so crushed. I was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. But then after like an hour, I thought, wow, this person, this guy really loves me to say, you know, it's time to get you. You had your time to like be sad about this specific moment and it's time to get going. And that was such a motivating conversation. It literally switched my mindset. And I thought, OK, he's right. You know what? I am stronger. This I can do this. And within that week, I started making changes. And then I would reach out to him and tell him the things that I was changing. And he came back with more. OK, this is great. Keep going. OK, what else do you need from me? It strengthens the friendship, too, and not just for those like inner circle people, but then you can reciprocate and be confident enough to say to him during times that he had it. And then you become so invested in each other's deeper why that you then also can trust yourself to make better decisions as you move forward. It's really important. I'll say two things that I want to say. The first thing I want to say is for myself personally, one of the hardest things that I had to overcome in terms of growth, personal growth and development was not reacting when people gave me that type of feedback. Yeah, exactly. Right. The immediate response mm. is, is to go on the defense. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. and I and I see this in clients and I try and coach them through it. Mm -hmm. But you want to just take it in so that you can later on. It could be the same day. It could be the next day. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to sleep on it. Yeah. You can determine whether or not that information is valuable to you. Yes. Because yes. what what happens is if you just react to somebody giving you criticism in any way, it could be constructive or not, you're closing yourself off to the Growing. opportunity to learn and grow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I also think, too, being able to have a conversation about it, like this particular person that said that to me, I was like, what is it that you see? Like, what am I missing? Because you're telling me I can do it and I don't feel like I can. And, and we had a really deep conversation about it. And he told me all the things that he saw and what he thought I could do. And it, you're right. If I just said, you know, screw you, <laughs> you suck. And I don't want to hear any of that. I would have never gotten through it, to be honest. I probably still would be there crying and boohooing about something that didn't go my way. So I think it's important when we talk about readiness to change too, you have to be open enough to listen and have conversations, even things that you don't really want to talk about. I forgot what my number two was, but that's okay. <laughs> Did I cut you off? So you forgot. I'm sorry. No, you know what? I forgot even before you cut me off. So I, you know, <laughs> it's whatever. It'll come back to you. <laughs> yeah, maybe after we're done with this uh, episode yeah. here. Okay. So the next thing that you brought up that I wanted to talk about, Nicole, is leaning into discomfort. Yeah. And this to me is, you know, it's interesting, Nicole, because I had this conversation with you many years ago mm -hmm. when I went to but when I first moved to Boston, this was like when we first met, basically. Yeah. And I was going through a lot of shit, you know, all the stuff that I went through mm -hmm. initially and you were there, which I was like, 
I'm like, this bitch doesn't even know me. (laughs) You were there and you got it. And and I was like, man, like this, you know, this girl really gets me right. That phase of my life was the first time that I realized that through that discomfort and through those hard times, there's growth on the other end and you don't always see it while you're going through it. Yes. But it's important to embrace it. And when you start to learn that in life, that life lesson, that that hard times make you stronger on the tail end. And you there are lots of lessons to be learned in that you start to look at it differently. So now every time you go through a hard time, you're thinking there's going to be something learned in this process. Mm-hmm. I just need to embrace this and I need to push through it. And I, the other side of that is I'll say the, the discomfort people always run away from in terms of yeah. just like little things that they need to be doing mm-hmm. and little things that they're maybe insecure about or they, just things that they that don't sit well with them, but they know that they need to do it and go through it even outside yeah. of like just hard times, right? Just like, I don't know, perfect example. Like I, Nicole, you know me and how much of a perfectionist I am. And I'm so uncomfortable with putting stuff out there that is not perfect. But at the same time, that is debilitating yeah. be- because then you never do anything. Yeah, you have to enjoy being sucky at something before you can get really good at it. And so even running away from being sucking at something, you know, is part of this. You can say that about anything, about prioritizing your fitness, about sucking. If you can't, I've had clients be like, I don't cook. I can't cook. I'm like, you can suck at cooking for a little while. You'll get better at it. You can suck at looking at a menu and figuring out where the protein is. Like, it's okay to not be perfect and great at every single task habit thing that you're trying to change. But the only way that you get better at it is to suck a little and embrace sucking and kind of having a sense of humor about it. I mean, my group of girlfriends and I, if if, if anyone ever saw the text messages that we have with each other over the things that we suck at, it's it's hilarious. It's like, you have to have fun. This is when you talk about the people that you surround yourself with because they provide a sense of humor to some of the things that you're not great at. And it's much more fun and a lot easier to get through to get through it if you have someone kind of not laughing at you but laughing with you kind of you know and enjoying the process but your perfectionism is i mean that's an illusion in itself yeah i'll say two things well now i'm going to say three things hopefully i remember what those three things are by the time i finish the first one <laughs> now i forgot what what any of them See, are it's not me i was going to sit here and be quiet so, you don't even remember the first thing i'll say is you want to embrace the suck on on two levels. This is one and two, I guess you want to embrace the suck in terms of the suckiness of dealing with hard times, but you also want to embrace the suck of you are going to suck at something when you begin your journey doing it. And it is up to you to get better at that thing. If that's what you want for yourself and that's what you envision for yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, The third thing that I was going to say is Nicole, you sitting here talking about laughing at people for (laughs) you just talking about embracing the suck, just you know, kind of just I'm going to make a meet a dirty meme out of that. Like I said, if you saw some of the text messages that my girlfriends and I have, it's the the humor part of it. It really does. I, I believe firmly that it releases tension too. like being silly about stuff, making a funny meme, making a funny joke about, you know, my having dirt, turning it into a dirty mind. That stuff is what makes it easier to get through because listen, some things really are hard to to talk about. They're really difficult to get through. And if you if everyone is boohooing and crying around you, 
<laughs> it becomes a totally different vibe. But if, you know, you have someone that's like, have a minute, allow yourself to feel this, but then think about it in these three different ways. Think about this, think about this, think about this, and then take a second to take a breath and just observe each of those things from an outside perspective for yourself. You have a different approach to it. Mindset is everything. Mindset literally is everything. You can change the direction of whatever you're trying to do if you change the way you think about it. And it's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy because then everybody would do it. I think part of the coaching process and part of the process of clients reaching goals or achieving new levels to goals is being able to switch the mindset to level up to the next piece in the process. So if you're stuck with the same mindset around whatever you're starting the goal at, and you think that your mindset is going to be okay being the same at the middle of the process and at the end of the process, you're missing out on one of the deeper whys in the actual process itself. Like you literally have to level up the way you think about things as you go. We started a podcast two years ago. I never thought I would ever be 104 episodes into a podcast. When Daron said, let's do it, I was like, didn't even believe you. <laughs> and then a microphone showed up at my door and I was like, oh, he's really serious about this stuff. And now middle of that, I had, we, I know we're going to get into imposter syndrome and, and talk about that, but you know, I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I had much to say. I didn't think I had a voice. I didn't know how I wanted to show up. So you have to shift your mindset halfway through. And now we're two years in and I have a completely different mindset about how we do this in the process and I'm comfortable and I feel confident. And the whole thing is so much fun and it has created and developed an entire phase of, um, it's created a whole new way of thinking about things. I feel like I'm just getting started in something completely different at this point in my career. That's incredible. Yeah. And what I will say is, and Nicole, I'm going to pick on you for a little bit here because Nicole had said to me the other day, all of the things like we've got a ton of podcasts in the pipeline right now. We've got a ton of guests coming on the show. We've got a, a lot of stuff planned. And uh, she had said to me, I'm so uncomfortable <laughs> with what's going on right now. But also she realized that that was a good thing because it's forcing her to grow. Mm hmm. And I'll say in terms of what you just mentioned, Nicole, which is the next thing I guess that we'll talk about is imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about how that kind of pertains to what we just talked about. If you look back on and I'm going to leave it up there for I'm going to kind of do like a, a Jordan Syatt type of thing. I'm going to leave the shitty content on Instagram. If you look back on Eat Right Nutrition content two years ago versus now, on social media, it's night. It's literally night and day. I, I sat and I watched side by side and it's it's night and day. And what we were putting out then, it's not that it was really bad. It was the, the type of content that we put out at the time that that's what we were ready to put out. And we had to put out that content in order to level it up and 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 like lay out the content that we're doing now. And I'm sure in another year or two, I'm going to look back at the content that we're putting out now and I'm going to say, wow, we've really leveled up. And for me, it's like the end goal is like, man, we're going to start long form content. And we're going to do YouTube and we're going to do all this stuff. And yeah. the reason why I want to say that I don't want to make this about me or us. But the reason why I say that is because I was never comfortable in front of the camera. And I was always like, who the fuck am I 
with all of my years of knowledge and all of my years in this industry, I'm like, who the fuck am I to put out content and tell people how to do this and do that? Doesn't matter how long I've been doing this. Every and every once in a while, I still get a little kind of like reality check of like, oh, holy shit, like, well, who am I? And then I realize, well, I'm I'm me and I've been working my ass off to be able to become this person. And that's where I think the imposter syndrome, you really kind of have to flip that conversation and goes into into mindset. And you have to be confident with who you are. You have to be confident with where you are. I mean, everything from the way that I would read research to the way that I would speak about it is completely different now. So you, you can't look at other people and say, well, I'm not that person. I'm an imposter. You have to kind of look at where you are now and where you want to get to and do the hard work to get there. Yeah. And look at where they were before, because they went through the exact same situation where I'm sure the first time someone else put content, they thought it was great at the time. And then four years later, you look back and you think, wow. But the piece to the imposter syndrome, I think, is incredible because every single person goes through it in some aspect of life. So again, to think that you are not, again, going to experience that to me, I find really crazy because I mean, I've talked to clients tons of times and be like, oh my gosh, if you even knew like where I came from and where I am now, it was a whole nother podcast that we could talk about that. But I-, I never thought that I would be even in fitness. I mean, that really was never my goal anyway. So you have to just open yourself up to the fact that you're never going to know everything. You're never going to be perfect at everything. And it's okay in your health and wellness journey to have moments where you're not sure where you're going or kind of feel lost and be able to just take a step back and jump back in and just get started. And for you to think everything's going to be perfect, that everything you put out or every workout that you do is going to feel epic or every meal that you make is going to be just the best meal ever. Like I joke, this is where the humor comes in. I joke with clients that that are like, well, I didn't get enough protein in today. I'm like, well, you got protein in and you tried. It's not always going to be perfect. You have to let go of that because you're going to be epically disappointed if you think that every day is going to be great. Yeah. And Nicole, that's the piece where it's, you know, it's kind of like what we just talked about with Joey. It's like you I don't expect you to have 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. Like, let's just start at like, I don't throw out like if you're eating 30 grams a day, let's start at 60. Right. Meet your meet yourself there. Yeah. And then and then level yourself up as time goes. And then as you get it, as you get better and better at it, then you've mastered this and then you move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. The next thing I want to talk about, Nicole, is seeing solutions and not problems. This is something that I often see, and it's something that may take you a little while. And this is where we get into kind of like a negative mindset versus a positive mindset. Right. Glass is half Mm -hmm. empty. Glass is half full type of thing. Yeah. Oftentimes, the people that are most successful in the things that they do, uh, and if we're talking about fitness journey, somebody goes through an injury, for example, mm-hmm. minor aches and pains, whatever it is. And I see this often. I see there are two different types of people when it comes to overcoming obstacles in the gym, such as injuries. Mm-hmm. There's the person that says, I'm going to let's say it's a shoulder injury. OK, perfect example. There's the person that's going to say, all right, well, I still have legs yeah, and, I <laughs> and still another arm <laughs> and another arm. 
And although my shoulder hurts, let me try and figure out what range of motion, because that's really what it's going to come down to at the end of the day, right? Like you don't need necessarily like, yeah, if you've got some pain, obviously go see a doctor, see a physical therapist, do those things. Yeah. But you know how to find out what movement patterns hurt. If it hurts, don't do it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. If you have pain when you do an overhead shoulder press, but you don't have a pain doing a bench press, then guess what? You can do a bench press, right? And I see this often when people are like, no, I'm injured. So I, and then the next three months, what are you going to do? All you're going to regress. You're not going to go to the gym. Yeah. They just put their membership on hold and they'll say, I'll see you in three months. Right. And that is all you're doing is seeing the problem instead of being solution oriented and Mm -hmm. saying, okay, well, this hurts, but what can I do? To work around this thing while I try and figure this out, because the people who are really dedicated in the gym or outside of the gym, whatever the goal is, the first thing they're going to think is, well, how do I tackle this? How do I get through this? How do I bust through this barrier? They're not sitting there thinking, whining and complaining. Oh, well, woe is me. My shoulder hurts. I can't do it. I'm just going to take some time off. And I'm just going to regress. And then that falls into other things, too. Right. That's going to affect your nutrition. You're like, oh, well, if I'm not training, I might as well just eat like shit, too. <laughs> but that's a reality. It's not. Yeah. Even, Throw you know? in the towel type mentality. Yeah. Well, I think that's all or nothing. Like, OK, if I can't do it perfectly and, and work my whole body, then it's not worth doing. So I'll put my gym membership on hold versus going. I have the rest of my body to work. I'm going to work on a legging. Like I have a client right now who's out with a shoulder, arm, bicep kind of issue. And we're working legs three days a week. And he's working on improving his one mile run time. And, you know, like there's other things to focus on. And he's crushing life. And he's actually, believe it or not, enjoying working on other things and giving his, you know, injury time to heal and rest. So the solution-based people are also not afraid to go back or or I shouldn't say afraid, but they're not concerned with the surface wise, which is, oh, okay, well, maybe I won't lose weight as fast because now I'm working out differently. They go to the deeper why, which is I still want to be healthy. I can find other goals to focus on. I can still dial in my nutrition. So this is one of the things where the deeper why becomes more important than the surface why, because when something like an injury happens, if it's just the surface, why you give up, if it's the deeper, why you stay connected and plugged into that because it's, it's a deep, it has a deeper meaning and a deeper connection for creating the change under any circumstance. You want to move on to the next one? Sure. The next thing I want to say is, and this is kind of, there's two things here that I'm going to say, I think they kind of fit in. I didn't think they really fit together before, but I'm kind of thinking they fit together now. Fall in love with the journey and accept that what you do to get somewhere is what you'll have to do to stay there. So I want to start with falling in love with the journey, because if you fall in love with the journey, then it's very easy for you to accept that you're going to be doing this for the long haul. Right. I think oftentimes when we're looking at health and fitness, we're looking at an end. And that is to me a backwards mentality. We don't ever look at an end because the reality is that if you're not enjoying what you're doing, And this kind of goes into 
I don't choose exercises because people tell you that they're the best exercises for something like you need to choose all movement is good movement. And most movement is going to get you to where you want to be. Obviously, goal dependent. You're not going to get Jack doing cardio, right? We don't want to take it to that extreme, but movement is going to get you there and you need to enjoy what you're doing in terms of movement. The same thing goes for food. You need to enjoy the foods that you're eating, because if the foods that you're eating are shit, can you see yourself in five years still eating that way? No. Right. So you need to really enjoy the journey and practice things that are going to like we always say, you need to do what you love doing within the parameters that you set for yourself. And you need to eat the foods that you love eating within the parameters that you set for yourself. And you also need to realize that if you want to get to a certain place, What's going to get you there is going to keep you there. Mm -hmm. And in terms of exercise, from an exercise perspective, chances are what's going to get you there. You're probably by the time you get there, you're going to have to work a little bit harder. I had this conversation with somebody one day that had told me I can't wait for the day that I just achieve what I want and I get there and I don't have to work out as frequently. And I was like, well, then you're thinking about it completely backwards because that's never going to happen. Because once you stop working out as frequently, you're going to regress and you're no longer going to be in that place that you want to be at. So you need to start thinking about it from a perspective of I'm going to do something that I love doing. I'm going to enjoy the journey and I'm going to do something that I can sustain in the long run because that's what it's going to take for me to stay in that place that I want to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. The other thing I'll say is uh, you always want to be learning. And this is something to me, I'm a natural educator. I love educating my clients. Nicole, you know me very well. And you know that mm-hmm. where I shine is in educating people. And what I find is the clients that are uh, self-motivated and the clients that I have that continue to learn, they're the ones that typically do the best, right? They're the ones that'll come to me with an article and they'll be like, Hey, I just read this. What do you think about it? And I'll be like, man, that's great. You know, I know that that guy that wrote that article. And, you know, I think that's a, that's a really great thing that you're, you know, you're learning and and you're growing. And I think it's really important to learn on your own. Like, I don't want those clients that are going to be like, just give me a program and I'll follow it. I want those clients that are genuinely going to question what the Mm -hmm. program is, why I'm doing things and seek out information on their own that kind of either validates that or not. I mean, I've had clients come up to me and say, okay, well, I had I read that doing training like this may be optimal, uh, more optimal than what we're doing now. What's your take on that? And then, uh, you know, I'll put some context on it and have them understand the reasons why we're doing certain things based on Mm -hmm. the level that they're at or based on what their goals are and how either that fits for them or it doesn't. Or I'll say, hey, you know what? That is a great alternative to what we're doing. And if you want in your next program cycle, we can include some of that stuff for you. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I always say it's a two way street with client and coach. It really isn't. If you're just looking to be told what to do, that's a very different experience than having a teamwork approach to a client and trainer or coach, however, whatever you want to call it. I love it when my clients come to me. And then what's really empowering is when they start coming to me and telling me things like, Nicole, did you see this pasta? Someone said someone came to me the other day about a specific type of brand of pasta. Have you seen this? I said, no. What is that? Tell me more about it. She's like, I found it. I think I thought you would love it. You know, and then it becomes a nice exchange. And that is even more exciting because as people start to 
support and teach each other, then you build on that community and that becomes really, really fun. And I get to have good food that I didn't find before on my own, which is always a positive. There you go. (laughs) And Nicole, the last thing that I kind of want to leave people on is that the hardest thing that you will ever have to do is face yourself. And facing yourself is admitting or accepting that you're responsible for your life. You're in the driver's seat. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to not accept that and to blame your upbringing or blame other people, blame your boss or blame your trainer for the fact that you're not getting results. It's very easy to push it off on other people. And it's very hard to look in the mirror and say, everything in my life I have created. And if I want to get out of where I am right now, whatever that place may be, then I have to first admit that I'm the one in charge of all of this. Yeah. You have to ask yourself different, really difficult questions. I will say my dad helped me with that a lot growing up. My mom was a typical Italian mother. Everything you do is wonderful and you're you're great. And my dad would be like, really? Are you really great? Are you and in a positive way, right? Not in a negative or in a bad way. Always just like, hey, I think you can do a little better. Dig a little, dig a little deeper. Think a little bit more. And the other thing, too, that I something my dad used to say all the time is when you're having conversations with people, if someone was listening in on the conversation, what do you think they would say about you? And I really love that. I think about that all the time when I'm having conversations with clients or with friends or we're talking about supporting each other. This gentleman that I was friends with that that said to me, you know, you got to get your shit together, pull yourself up. A lot of the times those conversations are the things that really help you become better. And if it's a positive place that you're you're asking questions from, then the conversation is a little bit easier. And it's easy for us to do that to someone else. Like I can call you out on your man bun and be like, Darone, I think you might want to. How do you really feel about the man bun? Do you really think that's a good choice? For you? Yeah. And I'm just like, well, fuck <laughs> and off. You're I like, like it, I'm so going <laughs> to. I'm going to keep right? it. <laughs> well, that's the fun. thing. That's the thing, too, though. Nicole is is the my ability to accept that and not listen to others on the hair right. thing yeah. is is <laughs> like kidding, that's that's no. But that's a th- that's a thing, though, like there that there's growth there where, you know, I think there was a previous Darone that wasn't so sure about himself yeah, and would yeah. listen to other people. Here's the thing. Yes. Yes. Here's the thing. Nobody out there like nobody knows anything. Right. And nobody everybody acts like they want to tell you how to live your fucking life Mm -hmm. and how to do things and how to wear your fucking hair and how to work. And don't you know, you're going to quit your job. What are you going to do? I had somebody Mm -hmm. today say to me, she asked me what I did for a living and I told her what I do. And she's like, how do you make money? And I'm like, that's not for you to understand. Yeah. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't care. Right. But Mm -hmm. old me would have said like, oh, man, like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Right. And I'm like, second guess yourself. You second guess yourself. But now it's you know, there's there's this kind of growth that came out of that. And that's the place that I'm at right now. Yeah, it's all good stuff. So this episode really kind of just came about with us talking about you know, all the things that we're doing here. And we thought that we there's a lot that anyone listening to this podcast can uh, relate to. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think as we grow, we would like our audience to uh, grow and develop themselves and be the best versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, really what we're trying to do here. And I hope that that is helpful for you. And 
If you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week.